0: Hi everyone, this is Craig from the University of Applied Research and Development, and we have Angela Heyman with us, who's a project manager, also a mediator, an advocate, and a researcher as well in disaster recovery and negotiation. Hey Angela, good to see you.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Delighted that you're with us. Why don't you tell us about your, your current role and how you came to be involved in disaster recovery?
1: Okay, great. Well, I kind of got into it a little bit backwards. I um, My first uh, I first approached this from um, there's the, the dispute resolution. Um, uh, my education and background is in dispute resolution. And then I happened upon this role um, with the, the pandemic uh, uh, requiring so many jobs. I mean, so many jobs opened up with the pandemic and disaster recovery. Um, mm-hmm. I, I took on a role uh, on... Uh, under a contract, uh, a federal contract to help uh, citizens who were impacted by uh, the storms that uh, hit Florida. I live in the state of Florida, uh, which uh, is impacted by hurricanes almost every Mm -hmm. year, Uh, devastating hurricanes that really impacted citizens every year. Um, the company that took me on, uh, decided to take on a contract, uh, through the federal government that required, uh, to set up a construction company, um, that would, uh, go in and under the contract, under a grant and, uh, help repair these homes. Um, and so I was hired for that purpose. Still having the dispute resolution background, but you know, uh, really uh, the role was I have more of a legal dispute resolution background and the role was more of a contract review, but it morphed into project management. <laughs> and uh, I'm so happy about it because, uh, because I'm not really focused on the legal side, I can apply my dispute resolution uh, and more of a collaborative role into this disaster recovery. And, um, and now I can apply my education and I'm actually working towards my PhD and um, applying research to my role. And it's been wonderful because uh, I can help the citizens with my research and my education uh, in different facets of the role uh, in disaster recovery. Um, and I can tell that people are, you know, the construction, industry, nobody really thinks that there's any room for dispute resolution. And maybe prior to now, there wasn't. But I am hopefully, uh, you know, leading the way into and I think that my company is also finding um, that there is a path for collaboration in this industry. And we are really moving pushing that. Uh, and finding that it's very helpful for agencies to come together and really work as a team versus, you know, the competitiveness that maybe sometimes government agencies, uh, you know, t- tend to, you know, uh, utilize to get their contracts uh, fulfilled. Mm. It doesn't really mm. work. Mm. It doesn't help the citizens either. So we're we're trying to do something different uh, and it's been helpful.
0: So your company was originally removing debris from one of these events and then, then moved into COVID response as well with testing and vaccinations. would do you want to tell us about that process and why, why the desire to move into that area?
1: The CEO of my company uh, is she's uh, so, um, you know, she's, uh, she's got so many great ideas, um, you know, And that's so necessary today um, with the way that the world is moving in in so many different directions. Um, uh, Her vision is, uh, you know, in her mindset, what she can apply to disaster recovery. It it just needs that new set of eyes, that uh, new mindset. Um, So and the fact that she's a female CEO also provides that into this industry. It's always been so kind of old school and, uh, you know. Uh, you know, tends to be a little uh, old fashioned, I guess, is you know, maybe the same word. But um, I'm glad that she's putting a new uh, a new twist on things. And, and part of that is the collaboration. Um, but uh, she had a vision, uh, you know, like you said, it had always been debris removal. And she saw she had a vision for the COVID response. And we just really did so wonderful that we've gotten a lot of fe- great feedback from mayors and governors and, you know, cause we've, uh, we've been all up and down the East Coast of the United States uh, providing uh, uh, testing and vaccines uh, in, in communities that would not otherwise have uh, the availability of the vaccines and the testing. So we've just, you know, immediately put in uh, trucks that would, you know, be in, in rural areas, uh, urban areas mm-hmm. that would never would not have otherwise had that availability. Um, and uh, we've seen such a great response. We've gotten oh, just so and so that's inspired her to to move on into other directions with contracts, you know, which is how we've gotten this uh, this uh, uh, rebuild a uh, I'm sorry, rebuild Florida contract uh, to help with the disaster recovery from the hurricanes. So uh, I just admire her, you know, forward thinking and uh, see, you know, she just believes that her company can do other things other than just, you know, debris removal, which is very important in disasters, um, uh, in disaster response. But can her company can do all kinds of things to help uh, the citizens of this country.
0: Tell us about the uh, rebuild Florida and some of the things that you're doing.
1: Okay. Um, it's it's a challenge. It's such a challenge, I tell you. Um, the, the contract was available several years ago, but there was just a lot of hiccups with it. And then they put out another RFP uh, request for proposals from uh, contractors to uh, bid again. And so we went on the second round of bids. And that's when she thought, you know what, we can do this. Let's do this team, you know, and then she hired a bunch of people. I was one of those people. Um, and I was not thinking that I was, this is what I was going to be doing. But I'm so glad that she, she, th- she saw my resume, she said that she's gonna be perfect. And uh, she brought me on because of my background in dispute resolution and collaboration. She saw she had a vision. She saw that I could uh, be helpful and be a great addition to that contract. And uh, and she was right. And and we've been really moved. We've been second uh, in second place with all the contractors that have been involved in this uh, this work under uh, the government contract uh, just by our ability to work with the citizens and they've been very stressed out. You can only imagine their house. I mean, the roofs were torn off. They've had tarps on their their homes there. It's everything's been leaking. And in Florida, everything's very humid. So you've got, you know, I don't even want to say the M word, but, you know, a lot of moisture that creates problems for people uh, that needs to be addressed and fast. So we've been in there, you know, tackling these problems very fast and getting them addressed and getting people uh back to maybe not whole but addressing the uh issues that occurred under the hurricane disaster uh, and getting those corrected for them so that they can move on you know and uh another thing that the rebuild contract did which i i Give them lots of credit for is they made sure and i think this is amazing that the government uh, provided the uh, funds to do this is they made sure that when we went in to do the, the construction in these homes that the the roofs had uh, hurricane straps that they had radiant barrier uh, plywood applied i mean the best supplies went in to rebuilding these roofs, and they have impact glass in the windows, and then the the sliding doors, I mean, the best supplies, and they would not settle for anything less, anything less, and you you're going to get fined for trying to put anything less into these people's homes. So to provide the citizens with the best so that the next storm that comes along, the house will survive, and mm-hmm. they won't have to go through this whole, you know, cycle of calling their insurance company, hey, I need help, I need more funds, you know, um, because it just became a big cycle. Every single year a hurricane comes and the house is destroyed, and then they have to call their insurance company and have these repairs made, and it's just, you know, it's stressful, you know, and that's what they were trying to avoid, so I have to commend the government for, uh, you know, forking out that fund uh, to make sure that the citizens are taken care of, and, you know, uh, they They've come, they've come out, and they've they've really helped the citizens. So, so being a part of this contract has really been uh, it's it's made my heart feel really good that I've been a part of all this and under this company that uh, saw this contract and thought this is what we want to stand for. This is what we want to do for the citizens of Florida.
0: Mm. So, it's been really great. Angela, you're a PhD. Tell yeah. us about your PhD and the topic of your PhD.
1: Yes, so full circle. Um, so my PhD is focused on conflict analysis and conflict resolution. I, I really uh, um, am focused on the analysis part. I really love uh, to research um, conflict. Um, so this has been a great experience for me because of the conflict that comes from experiencing the stress and the trauma of disaster. Um, and so if you're researching disaster, you know, that with it comes the trauma of the unexpected, you know, experiencing that disaster. And then um, and then the after effect of that, of course, because unresolved trauma, you know, just keeps uh, coming up for people. Mm. Uh, so working with people, so this is how I've become effective. I'm kind of a go-between. I've been working with the people uh, who I am trying to help. And sometimes they're not they're not receptive, so uh, it's you know talking to them, working through that trauma. You know, not in a clinical way at all, uh, but you know, just having a conversation with them and trying to find out what uh, what their needs are. Sometimes it takes some working through to get that, and then seeing if we can meet that need. Sometimes it's just something little, like they need more storage for the their belongings while the construction's going on, or. Um, you know, something that they didn't think that they could have, uh, that maybe we can make happen. Maybe it was not something in their contract with the uh, with Rebuild Florida that we could actually maybe make happen. So it's um, having that conversation with them through their frustration of de- living with these damages in their home before the construction can happen. Um, and then sometimes it's, you know, talking to them about now that the that the construction has happened, and now that their homes should be in good working order, uh, you know, there is that level of, well, now who takes care of me? <laughs> you know, now what? Now what do I do uh, if something goes wrong with that work that you've done? And you know, there's a level. Mm, I don't want to say entitlement, but for a long time we have been doing work in their homes, so there's that cutoff where, okay, now who's going to take care of me? Uh, mm. you're not here mm. so mm. Uh, you know there's there's some
0: yeah.
1: emotional stuff that goes on mm. for
0: sure. so in terms of some principles for people that are working in emergency response or disaster recovery um, when you notice that people are responding in a way which brings conflict or you can see conflict happening between mm-hmm. people involved in the situation what are some principles that people could put into place or ways that they could respond to that situation that would be helpful
1: um when i see people experiencing some of that and what yeah you know i've i've often thought about that like could there be caseworkers um and there are i think rebuild uh that has a level of you know, those liaisons that can be there to handle some of that stuff, but I don't know how trained they are. And maybe there needs to be some, um, you know, uh, trained for that purpose. They are there to act as a go-between with, you know, it's more of a contract liaison, you know, okay, here's what's on your contract. This is the best we can do. Sorry about that. We can't do anything more. I think there needs to be a little more um, uh, maybe, you uh, Maybe training a little more on, hey, they've gone through all this trauma because of the disaster that occurred uh, that they weren't expecting. And maybe someone needs to be there to kind of work that, help them work through that. Maybe another level to that. Maybe that would be helpful. Um, And that Mm. could help them through that whole process. But, you know, that's another expense. So I don't know. I think it is nice that they get the work done on their home,
0: though. As a a person who's working in in disaster response, as an emergency responder in those types of situations, when you see conflict happening, what can I do as an individual person to help reduce the the level of conflict, uh, reduce the heat and the emotion? What are some principles that we could use?
1: The level of conflict, what could we do to reduce that? Um, I think, you know, what I have tried to do, what I've noticed has been very helpful, uh, is just be consistent. Um, uh, I think what's, what, and, and I can tell you this, uh, very, that I don't know if you've worked with a lot of construction workers. (laughs) Uh, this has been the biggest issue. Uh, and what I've been very helpful, uh, with during this Program is um, being the go-between with our construction workers and the homeowner. Uh, Construction workers are not very good at communicating and not very consistent. They'll say, yeah, I'll be there uh, tomorrow and then not show up and not call. And if somebody who's experienced some trauma, you know, that's very hard on them. Hmm. Um, mm. So I think that uh, having that level of consistency um, showing up when they're supposed to or calling if they can't or, you know, having somebody there who can be that if that construction worker is not able to um, would probably help reduce a lot of conflict with the homeowners. Because uh, I can tell you that uh, the calls that we receive or the calls that Rebuild receives, I, I told you there's case managers involved. Uh mm. the, the calls that they receive are hey you said you were going to show up or your contractor said that they were going to show up this day and they never did or somebody mm. was going to call them back and they never did and that's why they're calling me now so that's the conflict
0: mm. yeah yeah i think in normal life when the plumber doesn't turn up or the builder doesn't turn up that's that's frustrating particularly when you have taken time off work or you know rearranged your schedule to have the contractor turn up but in a In a scenario where the roof is off and the water's turned off and you're in the middle of rebuilding and traveling backwards and forwards for hours because transportation's not working, that's just one level of frustration and annoyance that you just don't need. So in your PhD, your focus is on conflict and contracts. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. uh, Well, it seems to be for this. Um, uh, And I don't the conf, the conflict analysis that I've applied here is mostly the trauma that people have experienced as a result of the the disaster, and mm-hmm. then their ability to resile to um, to you know be, ask for help or um, get themselves back uh, from that disaster uh, to recover themselves. Mm-hmm. From the mm. disaster um, and the levels, because uh, I've seen, I've because I've done a lot of site visits uh, after the disaster, and to see the level, uh, I mean, to the, their homes, and some of them don't have a place to go afterwards, so some of them kind of have to make it kind of li- livable, and then mm. live there until somebody comes to kind of fix it up for them, mm. and just to see how they, the strength that they have. Uh, uh, to resile from that uh, has been amazing to me and that I need to write about that. I need to uh, research more and uh, that has given me a lot uh, to definitely think about and apply to some of the other research that I have already begun with. uh, uh, That's been a big deal for me, uh, trauma and resilience. Uh, even before I started this uh, job with disaster recovery. So it's almost been perfect, uh, a perfect position for me.
0: Okay. Well, Angela, really appreciate your time. It's not something that I've considered before as well. It's great for our students and our listeners, our watchers to understand about this. Thank you very much for giving giving your time on a Sunday.
1: My pleasure. Anytime, anything else I can do, just anything for research, I'm happy to help.
0: Awesome. So everyone else, uh, for our students and those that are watching and emergency responders, um, this is another facet to your role and um, worth considering as well and some training um, on this area of conflict resolution. I look forward to sharing Angela's research with all of us once that's completed as well with her PhD. So congratulations on that in advance. Angela and for the rest of you as emergency managers, as you know, you're always training, you're always getting extra certifications, and you've probably got that big binder full of courses that you've done, certifications that you mm-hmm. receive, but maybe that doesn't translate into an academic degree. And that's why we were established to make sure that emergency managers could receive credit for all the training and the certifications that you've done. So do visit visit us, uard.org or uard.ac.nz. And also if you're in America and you're a veteran or an active service personnel and we are VA funded as well for a bachelor and our master's program in emergency response and risk management. So thanks for being with us. I look forward to seeing you again on another episode soon.